1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
2: All right, good morning. Welcome into the show on this Thursday. What's going on? How's your day? Thank you for listening and being here. Remember, you can always listen, not just on your amazing affiliate, but on the free Odyssey app And you can get the podcast on the free Odyssey app as well. Daily podcast every single day. Edited, put together, packaged, and delivered to that app by the one and only Thomas Celestino. As always, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket Cam. Phone number on the program is 855-212-4CBS. Twitter is Sports. R-E-I-T-E-R. And I, I, you know what, D-Cell, he didn't get mad at me. He sent me a very stern note last hour, our first hour here on the show, where I did not give you Tom's Twitter handle, Tommy, I'm sorry, at D-Cell CBS. What does your wife call you? What does your wife call you on day-to-day life when she's being really affectionate and when you're in trouble? What are the three names?
3: Three names. Wow, I don't yeah. even know if I have three names. Okay. Uh, babe is the most popular. Okay. Uh, Tom, like exaggerated like that when uh, she's not too pleased with me. So, Tom, it's yeah. your turn to do the dishes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or Tom, you haven't changed Will's diaper yet today. It's your turn.
2: Got it. Got Those it. Those
3: are the main two.
2: All right. Um, I love that. I love the. I love the insight. Uh, from 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 Mrs. Decel, who who as you can tell by t- Tom's honesty, is no longer listening to the show. I think she's probably back to uh, back to work after a, a, a little bit of a uh, time off. We will get to buy and sell in about fifteen or twenty minutes, and we'll um. One of you have a request for decent at the end of the show. We'll get we'll, we'll get to you on that. But let's first go to our friend, our buddy, long-time NFL player, excellent podcaster, NFL analyst, college football analyst, CBS Sports HQ mega talent, Bryant McFadden joins me now on the show. Bryant, what's going on, buddy? Bill, what's happening? How you doing? I'm doing great, dude. I'm doing great. We were, we were getting ready for the show at the start of the morning. A little breaking news came down from, from Adam Schefter that uh, that Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos have agreed to a massive extension. It'll keep him there for a long time. It guarantees that very talented dude, $165 million. And I I had to look it up because I, I, I thought Russell Wilson was younger, right, than maybe, maybe my memory. But yeah, he is 33 in a time where Aaron Rodgers is still playing at a high level many years beyond 33. Obviously, same thing for Tom Brady. What is the realistic ceiling for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos on a on a three- or four- or five- or six-year
4: timeline? I mean, you look at what they have already in place on the roster on both sides of the football, clearly, you know, not just about getting into the tournament you know get into the playoffs it's about trying to have championship aspirations and i think in the next five years no question that's doable that's reachable Uh, russell wilson is a future hall of famer he's a champion he should be a two-time champion but of course we don't have to get into that story but looking at what he's been doing throughout his last three four years in the national football league he's been a consistent, efficient. So one would think he would continue to provide those same type of results for Denver, and I'm not surprised to see this extension. When they gave up everything they gave up to Seattle to get a franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson, you, we all anticipated seeing them extend him for, for the long haul. So this makes sense. He's 33, a five-year extension. We're looking at, we're looking at professional quarterbacks now, and they're playing clearly into their 40s. Everybody's not going to be Tom Brady-ish play to you 44-45, but clearly playing to your 40s is reachable for most of these quarterbacks, including Russell Wilson.
2: Brian, we know we know the AFC West is, is brutal. The big dog is is the Chiefs, right, with Mahomes and that entire crew. That's a really, obviously, very formidable organization. You have Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They've added some guys defensively. They certainly look on paper like a really good football team. And the Raiders are interesting. Devontae Adams comes in. you got Derek Carr, new coaching staff. right? They're trying to figure things out. But there's certainly, if you're a Raiders fan, reason to believe there's upside there. What needs to happen for the Broncos to, to win that division?
4: Healthy. They got to stay healthy. They got to they gotta be lucky when it comes to that element. And they got to really be consistent. The thing about Denver, I mean, on the offensive end, they got skilled players. They got guys that can catch passes. They got guys that can run the football. Protecting Russell Wilson has to be one of the top priorities for them offensively. Defensively, stopping the run and finding ways to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks, especially in their division. If you have a defense in the AFC West that, that that is not consistently playing on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage, you're not going to be successful playing against those type of quarterbacks. So me personally, those have to be the, the main ingredients on both sides of the football, protecting Russell, staying healthy, and putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks that you will see twice a year in your division.
2: Brian, obviously Aaron Donald's a massive talent obviously guys in practice are going to get angry, fights are going to happen. That, that's part of the deal. And I know the NFL, by rule, is not allowed to step in and, and punish him or anyone else for anything that goes on in practice. That falls to the teams during this time of year. But we do have the photos of Aaron Donald grabbing a couple helmets and swinging at dudes. Is that in the realm of, because you are obviously we're a longtime player with a lot of success, is that just part of the deal and there are cameras now? Or even by the standards of practice, did Aaron Donald cross the line?
4: I mean, in, in in regards to understanding how important the craft of the game is, no question. You don't want to cause any physical harm. But also, too, Bill, I don't know exactly what led to Aaron doing that. We know Aaron is a very, very he, – he plays with a lot of passion and energy, and he practices the, the same way, and he's always involved. So I don't know what led to him doing that, but clearly you don't want to put another player from another team in harm's way, especially if that player does not have a helmet on. Even if you have a helmet on, someone swinging the helmet like a weapon is a no-no. That's a no-no, and I'm pretty sure you know he apologized for that, for, for that incident, but that's something that you don't want to do. But that's the thing when they, in regards to joint practices. You know emotions are extremely high, and some players go into joint practices looking for a fight anyway because when they get out in a fight, guess what, Bill? That shortens practice. Usually, sometimes practice might get canceled. Hint, the Rams and the Bengals, when that melee took off, guess what? They ended practices. So some players go into the mindset, Bill, when we have a joint practice, man, let's go ahead and get in a fight. Probably in the first 30 minutes, we're going to end practice, walk out of here, have a good, smooth day.
2: I got to tell you, Brian, I've never heard that. And if if the same applied to radio and TV, I would come home with black eyes all the time. I would. <laughs> I will get punched all the time. I'd be... Be target number one, <laughs> Brian. That's amazing, Brian McFadden here on the show. Um, there are two things that, that that are that are sort of opposites that are colliding for me. One is just an understanding and a respect from a distance for, for Mike Tomlin and, and what is I think just a remarkable, consistent level of winning. Right? I mean, the guy is just his teams win football games again and again and again. Now, now obviously, he has had the benefit until now of a really, really, really great future Hall of Fame quarterback. Now we've got a quarterback situation that is, that is less than reliable, less than certain. What, for you, that former team, do you think is, is realistic in terms of this upcoming
4: season? Uh, repeat that question on my phone when I say it again, Bill.
2: Yeah, yeah. How, what are the Steelers going to be this year? With Mike Tomlin's greatness but the quarterback position being
4: really uncertain. Oh, they're going to be a playoff caliber team. And I think really? In regards to the quarterback being uncertain, I think I know who the guy is. I think it's Trubisky. I think Trubisky did everything he was supposed to do to remain the starting quarterback in the regular season. Kenny Pickett did some real good things, but I think Trubisky is the guy. In regards to everything that's surrounding Trubisky, listen, this is the best situation he's ever been in as a starting quarterback in his professional career. Think about that. But with all the dysfunction, the, 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 that, that surrounded him in Chicago. He still won ball games. He got to the playoffs. He made a Pro Bowl. But when you factor in the the structure that he has in place, yes, this is a playoff caliber team. I understand they're playing a very competitive division, but that staff, the defense, the playmakers they have surrounding Trubisky. Hopefully, the offensive line plays better than what we've seen in preseason. They're going to be okay. Brian, why
2: is it just in general? I mean, obviously, I'm, this question comes from. Trubisky's attempt to do this but but how come from a player's perspective from your perspective it's very rare for quarterbacks who don't succeed in their first on their first team to be able to restart their
4: career somewhere else
2: why is that so rare
4: it's rare because just the change of uh, change of scenery you know what I mean the dynamics the flow the chemistry working with a new group of guys catching passes from them uh catching passes from you so it just it just has to be a, a level of comfort that a lot of these guys have to have in place for them to be as successful as they would like to be, and some guys don't always have that. What is your confidence
2: level Baker Mayfield
4: can buck the odds and, and I, restart start his career? I th- My confidence level is pretty high with Baker. I think Baker, you know, born being healthy and having that chip on his shoulder, I think Baker is going to really do some pretty good things as long as CMC is healthy. The thing about Carolina, whoever the quarterback is, Bill, He is a better quarterback when Christian McCaffrey is in the lineup. Let's keep it real. So, if you got number 22 in that lineup, along with some of the other guys, DJ Moore, uh, uh, Anderson, uh, man, they got some nice pieces in place. They just got to be able to put on film. And oh, by the way, I love their defense. They got some young, up and coming studs on that defense. So, me personally, Baker Mayfield could definitely. Open eyes up once again, given the opportunity they has in Carolina. And one lock that I have for you guys, for all you gamblers that are listening to me right now, put everything you have on Carolina beating Cleveland week one. Do it. Really? No question. No question. I am a gambler. I'm in. No question. Number one, I believe when it comes to betting, you have to follow the trend. Cleveland hasn't won a week one game since 2004. And they haven't won a week one road game since 94 or something like that. Go back to the mid-90s. So historically speaking, week one has been horrible for Cleveland. Week one on the road has been devastating for Cleveland.
2: Oh, my God. They will melt down in Cleveland, Ohio if they lose that game. Brian McFadden here on the show. Uh, Brian, college football is in a really interesting place, obviously. and, And USC and UCLA now is part of the Big Ten is, um, is is a game changer. There's some talk about a, an actual, finally possible expansion of the college football playoff, made with as many as, as 12 teams. For for you, and particularly in the context of, of a lifeline for some of these conferences that feel like they're in trouble, is an expanded co- college football playoff good for the game and good for the future of the game?
4: It's bad for the game. It's bad for the game. I'm, and I'm speaking as a former player, Bill. College football is already long enough. It's almost like an NFL season, right, when you factor in the early games and then, of course, you know, bowl play and then playoff play as well. You're talking about having 12 teams. So now you're basically extending the playoffs to an extra two games or three games, and then a lot of these kids that have NFL aspirations got to get ready for a, a, a draft, got to get ready for a combine, got to go to senior bowl, got to go to these other bowl games uh, for seniors and then get ready into their professional career. Come on. What are we doing? Like college football is – is from August to January. And depending on where you play, uh, yeah, to, 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 to January, to say the least, that's long. So now if you extend it, everything goes on. That's a lot on your body. Trust me, I know. When I play at Florida State, usually we will play, best case scenario, maybe 12 games, might be 13. But usually 11 regular season games and, of course, the bowl game. Nowadays, some teams have 12 to 13 regular season games before you even get to a conference championship game, before you get to the playoffs. So what are we talking about? The NFL season is 17 games. If you look at what college is going, where they're, where they're trying to go, with some teams playing 12 or 13 regular season games, if you factor in another three postseason games in the playoffs based on the potential expansion, you're almost at an NFL season. You just made my producer's day because he agrees. You. He's over there
2: dancing on Skype. Brian McFadden here on uh, here on the show. Uh, Brian, last one, last one for you. Obviously, John Gruden forced out of the Raiders after despicable emails came to light. He spoke for the first time recently. He asked for forgiveness. He wants a second chance. If you were still playing, would you have any issue playing for John
4: Gruden? Yes, I would. Yeah, I would. I'm sorry. All right, so let me tell you this much. The reason why we have an issue playing with Gun- for John Gruden is based on what he did say. But outside of that, let's go back and look at his tenure with the Raiders. Look at all the draft picks, the capital they had, that he was a part of that was all, fail- uh, that was all duds. Like, just from the manage- management side of things, he didn't handle that situation properly. I mean, if you look at, they had multiple first-rounders under John Gruden's watch. How many of those first-rounders actually panned out? Nah, maybe two? Maybe? Like, what are we talking about? So, me personally, no, I, I think, you know, his coaching career has ran his course, and I don't think there will be a lot of players willing to play for him based on the last incident that he was involved in.
2: Bryant McFadden, one of the most talented people in sports media. Check him out at CBS Sports HQ. Check out his podcast. Follow him on Twitter. And as always, Bryant, like, dude, incredibly cool to have you on you're always gracious with your time appreciate you very much thank you for um thanks for swinging swinging on swinging by oh
4: uh, anytime go panthers week one versus the browns <laughs> do what i'm doing put it on the I'm line in with carolina i'm riding with you brian mcfadden i'm in all right yes sir
2: all the money on care you hear that carolina we're riding with you literally literally when the show ends i'm gonna put a i'm gonna put a little bet in let's go I love that. I love that insight. All right, do your little do your little celebration. Listen, I'm not going <laughs> to
3: gloat. Yeah, he's with me on no expansion now. It was for none of the reasons reasons that I listed, but I'm still going to say Brian McFadden agrees with me.
2: You, it, so dear 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 listener, um, you can't see this, but I we we're all on Skype together because we're in a we're in different places, and um, and Diesel just started. Diesel's not very demonstrative, so when he dances, <laughs> it really is a special, special, special thing. All right. Um, congratulations. Congratulations, Diesel. Uh, this is exciting. It's a Tom de Celestino led, again, a return to buyer sell. How would you describe buyer sell today, executive producer? Star studded. Ooh. Okay. Star studded, buyer sell.
5: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Andy the Destroyer
2: Ruiz Jr. squares off with Luis King Kong Ortiz. Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time, live from the Crypto.com Arena here in L.A., and live on pay per view phone number on the show 855 212 4CBS so i tried so you were gone the last 3 days executive producer thomas de kevin wall was filling in and and uh k wall uh put together by sell. but we had we had bogus read it and I tried to get Bogus to basically steal your role reading. I'm like, man, it's really good. Maybe and he wouldn't bite. His, he was just like, nope, that's cells. He's great at it. He's excellent. So just, you know, I tried to, I tried to stir the pot, and, and Bogus said, get the hell out of the kitchen. That's basically what happened.
3: Did he try to show me up with his transitions? Because I'm sure he's better at that than me as well.
2: No, I mean you, you're both great. It's different, it's different styles, right? It's a, just different approaches. Um I, I, Bogish, I can't remember. Did you did you did you do some pointed transitions?
6: I think you did a couple. I did one specific transition as an homage to D-Cell. but in general, uh let's just say the environment was not ripe for transitions.
2: Yeah, yeah it was a diff- right, it was it was a different it was just a different kind of uh It was a different vibe altogether. It's great to have you back. We missed you. And we are excited for a D-Cell produced, brought to you by D-Cell, Buy or Sell.
1: What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You.
3: Three days away, Bill, you know exactly, exactly where I have to start. The Bears, your Uh, Chicago Bears, claimed an NFL high, get this, six players off waivers, including 23-year-old offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood, who was a first-round pick of those Las Vegas Raiders back in 2021. Buy or sell your Bears aggressively shopping on the waiver wire this week.
2: I mean, look. We all know that the way to build a contender is the waiver wire. That's where greatness wait sell, dude. I know what you're doing. Sell <laughs> did, you, did you do anything? <laughs> did you hear Brian McFadden in saying Trubisky was gonna be good? And I don't think Brian knows I'm a Bears fan. Just <laughs> offhandedly be like I mean, look at the dysfunction he left. <laughs> look at the <laughs> look at the disaster of that place. Uh, no, I'm not sure that um Ju- the, the scrap heap of John uh, Gruden's failed draft strategy is, is where uh, the Bears' turnaround rests. I don't, I don't know if it's gonna it's going to work, my friend.
4: All
3: right, let's take it to America's team here. As it stands at this very moment... The oh, Dow- time out,
2: time out, time out. Bogus, buy or sell, we should still call the Cowboys America's team.
6: I believe we are contractually obligated to, so yes, buy.
2: Bye. Why are they America's team? Why
6: is D Sale America's producer?
2: Oh, that's a good Ooh, one. Oh, look at you. Don't be so smug and proud of that.
6: <laughs> I'm not so proud of anything. Proud. It's just, it's a fact. It's Why?
2: So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're right. I can't correct. Sell I mean, my response. It is a fact. Sell. So.
6: Really, I mean, the good thing is D Sale is currently confirming and earning that title. The Cowboys earned it a while ago and are clinging to it.
2: They're not own. America's team. What you, they haven't but, won in years. OK they,
6: they Philadelphia
2: the founding of America happened largely in Philadelphia, which is their rival. One of their other rivals is in the nation's capital, and lots of people in America don't like that. I don't understand the Americas team. it doesn't it doesn't make sense, and it never but at least when they were good, I was like, okay, fine.
3: Still by a wide, wide margin. The most valuable franchise in the NFL, which I'm, I'm, you know, I got to believe is based off popularity. They're, right. they're is, printing money. Is, te-
2: is Tesla America's car? Is is Jeff Bezos America's whatever? I mean, okay. That wasn't a good argument.
6: And great ratings. Whenever they play, primetime, regular Sundays, Thanksgiving,
2: oh, right. America responds. They say, hey, that's our team. I used to want to make this case for the Bears, but that was like seven years ago. So they were America's moved- team? I'm, as okay, much Dick as Dallas, Marcus. as much as, why is Dallas America's team? Why are they not? Because they're Dallas's team.
6: No, they're America's team.
3: If we're, if we're not going to call the Cowboys America's team, we have to put a different team as that. So who is going to take the mantle there?
6: You're going to tell there, Tom that's Landry the that his the, team is not America's
2: team? There's not an America's team because America has a bunch of teams. It's all divided. It's not the U.S. men's national team. They're not flying over to London to play the English football team. Give me a break. I'm very
3: bothered by this because there has to be. You want to take the Cowboys away? Why? From that moniker? That's fine. We have
2: to replace it, though. Who's not America's Who's America's baseball team? There we, isn't one. We don't have one. No. I probably, who's America's
3: basketball team? I probably would have said the Cubs, actually, America's team.
2: I think that was true when WGM was, was all over the country. People watched Cubs games. But I don't think that's, like, everywhere, but I don't think that's true anymore. But you are America's producer. I mean, to be fair, that does, mm-hmm. that does fit.
3: I will take that. That's good enough. Well, as it stands, at this very moment, the Dallas Cowboys, who are not America's team, apparently, <laughs> have one quarterback on their active roster, that being Dak Prescott. Now, both Cooper Rush and Will Greer were cut this week as the Cowboys got their roster down to 53 players. However, head coach Mike McCarthy said the plan is to have Cooper Rush be the backup for week one, both Rush and Greer were signed to the practice squad. Now, Dallas has a few options with Rush and Greer. They could be moved to the active roster when other players are moved to injured reserve or players from the practice squad can be promoted to the active roster for temporary assignments throughout the season. Buy or sell how the Dallas Cowboys, who are not America's team, are handling their backup quarterback spot.
2: (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I mean, Detroit did something similar. I'll buy. They're, they're, yes, they're buy. They're being cute with, with exactitudes to try and have the roster situation and construction that they want. Is Mike McCarthy
3: the head coach that you want to see get cute, though? Like, I, I just feel like he's not the head coach. He's not Bill Belichick here saying, I know the rule book inside and out. I know what I'm doing here. Have confidence in me.
2: So, do you have the buy or sell button ready? You could have simply said, is Mike McCarthy the head coach you want? Blank. And I will sell that. Sell. So, no. No. Is
3: anybody going to be surprised that at some point throughout this season, if the Cowboys remain getting cute with this backup quarterback spot, if they get burned by a rule they weren't aware of?
2: That that would surprise me because that would be a new level of incompetence. Uh, bogus buy or sell? Mike McCarthy is is America's coach. Is that is that right? Incorrect. Sell. So well, he's the coach of America's team.
6: Still, he is actually capable of turning away that title. Now, Cooper Rush is America's backup quarterback, <laughs> but Mike McCarthy is not. <laughs> okay. America's politely declines.
3: Got it.
2: Got it. I just want to be on the same page yeah. with America.
3: All right, let's stay with the NFL here. Earlier this offseason, the Eagles acquired wide receiver A.J. Brown in a trade with the Titans. Well, yesterday, the Eagles were the ones trading away a wide wide receiver. Philly sent struggling former first-round pick Jalen Rager to the Vikings in exchange for a 2023 seventh-round pick and a 2024 conditional pick that right now is a fifth-round pick that could become a fourth-round pick. Now, remember, Rager was taken 21st overall in 2020. One pick ahead of Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. The two are now teammates. Buy or sell Jalen Rager figuring things out in Minnesota. Uh, I think there's no wager. (laughs) Buy. Bogus didn't even flinch. I missed those puns. I was gone for three days and I really missed those. He wants to like (sighs) it. He he, he wants to tell you he loves it, but he's, he's
2: fighting it right now. I'll buy it.
6: Bye. Oh,
2: yeah, buddy. That's America's joke right there. Did I do it right? <laughs> um, no, just, you're America's
6: t- comedian. <laughs> you're America's punster.
2: <laughs> yeah, we Yeah, I am. America has gotten a lot less funny in the last five seconds, unfortunately. Uh, a lot less. I, um, I'm um. i going to sell success only because like he could mm-hmm. and her kissing cousins could make it work and, and maybe the Vikings offense will be dynamic enough that, that he's able to, to find the obvious talent that's there. But we just talked to Bryant McFadden about the tendency of quarterbacks and other guys to have trouble succeeding when they when they shift gears, and I'll just add to the reasons Bryant laid down, just confidence. I mean, all these sports is a, is a game of confidence and belief, and failure is hard for people who have rarely failed to, to come back from in something as competitive as, as the NFL. Not rooting against the guy because I'd like to make more – Um, Rager puns with his name, but I think there's a real chance it's the last time we ever say his name on the show.
3: All right, let's get to some hoops here. Now, Russell Westbrook's struggles and frustrations last season were well, well documented on this very show, yet that's not how Lakers owner Jeannie Buss saw it. Buss told friend of the show, Sam Amick, and the athletic, quote, all I can say is that, from my point of view, Westbrook was our best player last Mm. year. End quote. Now, Amick did then follow up with Buss after the interview concluded, to clarify her Westbrook comments, she then said via text, quote, the word I should have used was consistent. He played 78 games last season, end quote. Buy or sell Jeannie Buss' comments about Russell Westbrook.
2: Oh, I really like Jeannie too, but sell. So. Sell. So. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I've i been thinking about this for a few days, trying to, to grasp what her her goal was?
3: In any way, are they just placating Russ here? Like, we saw new head coach Darvin Ham. I, I love you, Russ. I love you, Russ. I got a plan for you. Now we get this outlandish quote from Jeannie. Like, are, are they just trying to placate him?
2: Here's, the th- here's what I think is going on. And I've seen this in covering the NBA, and it, it's true in all sports. I, but especially the NBA. There's a lot of groupthink that goes on in the NBA, in media circles and in executive circles. And I think there's still people... They were so. Sh- it was so obvious that Russell Westbrook was not the player that won an MVP and that was really impressive four or five years ago. I mean, he's just—he's failed his last couple stops. But sometimes executives can't see it. For whatever reason, I don't—it's so weird. And I think that they're doing everything they can, to your point, Diesel, to try and convince themselves that they didn't make a mistake and to try and convince Russell Westbrook that they believe in him by convincing themselves— as if some sort of level of belief and, and, and positivity is gonna change the physical reality that, that Westbrook's just not the player that he used to be. Because you're you're writing off this Lakers. The season is written off of the Lakers. They cannot succeed if Russell Westbrook is is not very impactful. And he's not gonna be very he's not very good anymore. He's just so I just think it's desperation, delusion, and um, an inability to just say to themselves, and I like Jeannie, but to say, man, we really screwed up.
3: All right, let's get to some baseball here. Now, earlier this week, Yankee slugger Aaron Judge hit his league-leading 51st homer of the season. He's currently on pace for 63. And according to Vegas, Judge is the overwhelming favorite to win American League MVP. However, last night, Shohei Otani of the Angels became the first player ever in baseball history to hit 30 homers and win 10 games on the mound in the same season. Now, Otani is a distant second, according to Vegas, to win AL MVP. My question to you, Bill: Buy or sell? There's a case to be made for Shohei Otani winning American League
2: MVP. I mean, I know he's not going to, but buy, buy. I, is there a case? Yeah, yeah. I think you don't
6: think there's a case, bogus. No, I, this is this is such a fascinating. Conversation, if I understood D. question correctly, because Thank you. Like, I'm going to take credit for that before you even start. Because anything you say to me about Aaron Judge, I go, "How is he as a pitcher?" And you don't have an answer. Like I like it's just it's this is so crazy. It almost needs to have its own separate thing for Otani.
3: Yes, but I guess my comeback to that would be Judge has impacted winning more. If I just look at the standings, real
2: quick. I don't. Here's the thing. Well, it's but, a great point, but I I think we have to take that away as an idea because one guy can't impact winning in baseball. Well, but even uh, uh, aside from that, the only way
6: you impact winning is by increasing wins. So if you're a plus twenty win player, whether you're taking a team from twenty wins to forty or eighty to a hundred, that's the same value. So the fact that the Angels are bad can- shouldn't affect Otani. And I, have to, I don't have the number in front of me, but their record when he pitches and hits obviously in the same game is like a—they win like two-thirds of those games. They never win the other game. So, like, he does impact winning maybe as much as Judge, and he doesn't—he
2: plays two positions nearly flawlessly. It's just—it Inc- doesn't make sense. He isn't—here's the other thing, to, to just back up Bogus' point— he is capable of winning an MVP if he just played one position. He's so good as both a pitcher and a hitter that if he just did that, he is good enough to do that if he was on the right team. I a, a part of me actually doesn't understand if last year he was the MVP and capable of being the MVP based on what he accomplished. What, the fact that Judge hit 50 homers this year takes all of that away? It doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. And, and if I can go into a huge, huge pet peeve of mine, this is this reminds me this is like the dumbest pet peeve ever but it reminds me of Joe DiMaggio and the dumbest accomplishment in sports history in terms of its level of celebration Joe DiMaggio uh, had that hit streak in 19 in 1941 Dude so you hit in 56 games in a row Do you know that do you know that he beat out for the MVP Ted Williams that year when Ted Williams hit 406 Ted Williams hit 406 and didn't win the MVP. Do you know how dumb that is? Who care? You could go one for five 56 games in a row. Who cares?
3: You're going to sit here and poo-poo a 56-game yes. hitting streak? And I'm going to give you another reason your why. biggest pet peeves?
2: 1989, Jerome Walton and Dwight Smith, both Chicago Cubs, yeah. battling out for the Rookie of the Year. Jerome Walton hit sets the rookie hit streak record, I don't know, 32 games. Um, Dwight doesn't. Dwight Smith doesn't, but has a better batting average, drives in more, runs, scores more, is a better baseball player. And Jerome, I won't sign kids' autographs. Walton, maybe that was in there too, wins the rookie of the year. It's this stupid fixation. Every time someone's like, oh, this guy's on a on a, on a hitting streak. I'm like, cool. But the guy that's in the lineup with him is batting 421 over the same stretch and has driven in twice as many runs and been on base Twice as much. That's the guy I want to celebrate.
3: I'm shook to my core right now.
2: You, you shouldn't be. Ted Williams, I'm looking at now. Ted Williams hit 406, hit 37 home runs, scored 135 runs, drove at 120. And this is back when they played like 154 games. 406? A third of the season he got a hit consecutively. A third of the baseball season, which is never ending. For the entire baseball season, Ted Williams hit four oh six, dude.
3: <laughs> I don't even know which way is up right now. I have no idea what's going on. Fifty-six game hitting streak?
2: I mean, dude, like, okay, so here's here's DiMaggio. DiMaggio that year, DiMaggio that year had seven fewer homers than Ted Williams. He hit Fifty pl- fifty points fewer. He scored fewer runs. He drove in fewer runs. And he won the MVP because he like his hits happened to line up. Yes, that's a big deal. Consecutively. Nobody, Who cares? Nobody's done it since. Like it that. does it doesn't it's because a statistical it's, anomaly.
6: Right, it's arbitrary. Are you are you getting on that bandwagon too? Well, I mean, not in this. I guess maybe not in this specific thing, but like, he could have gone one for five for fifty six straight games and be a two hundred hitter.
3: But he didn't.
6: No, no, he had three fifty six or three fifty seven still that year, and he was. So I get it. I think I think it's a fair tiebreaker if you weren't sure to pick between the two of them. But it does not, by default, make him the it, greatest player that season.
2: It might have been a good tiebreaker had they been tied, <laughs> but they weren't. <laughs> so this, to me, is an will be an equally egregious, or, or at least will be egregious in a similar way, if not equally, years from now where people are like, who cares? The guy hit 58 home runs when people hit a bunch of home runs. Like, Look what Shohei Ohtani did. Shohei Ohtani is doing something that is once, not in a generation, it's once in a in a hundred year cycle, and he's not going to win the MVP. Not even Ted Williams did something once in a hundred year cycle, and he's not going to. He didn't win
6: the MVP. First player ever, thirty home runs and ten wins as a pitcher in the same season. It's,
2: it's. Inc- I don't even know how many stolen bases he has, but it's got to be he actually ten. Has, right?
6: he, has, he actually has less than Judge. I was just looking. Judge has fifteen. He has eleven. Okay, so statistical anomaly there. <laughs>
2: That's not a <laughs> statistical anomaly. If he stole the base eleven times. Eleven
6: stolen
2: bases and did eleven games in a row. Who cares? Or eleven games in a row? It doesn't matter, dude. Ted Williams hit four hundred six. To me, hitting four hundred in a baseball game in a season is the most in any sport. I would fly across America. I would, whatever, run up my credit card, be able to see that happen. And the guy doesn't get the MVP. What a joke!
3: I feel like I don't even know you anymore. Yeah, you feel like you. Don't, I feel like you don't know a lot of things right now.
2: <laughs> That's always true. <laughs> this makes me so mad every time it comes up. I actually have to look it up every time. I'm thinking, no, it can't be right. I must. It, it must be that he didn't win and he had the triple crown. No, no, he hit 406 and did not with the MVP. Are we done?
3: Fifty-six game hitting streak. Yeah, I hate to end on that note.
2: Who? Can, I mean, honestly, though, why do you? I don't understand. That is
3: impressive.
2: Day in, day out,
3: fifty-six games, getting on base, getting a hit. That is impressive.
2: So if you hit, a, if you, if some dude hit, got a hit in fifty-seven straight games next season, and then didn't get a hit, hit the rest of the season, you think that would be an impressive accomplishment?
3: Uh, for the first third of the season, yeah, yeah. very impressive. <laughs> it's arbitrary. It's incredibly arbitrary. <sighs> not okay. how I wanted
2: to, to uh to end Buy or sell on my first. Day back. I just I just no, a good topic, but give me a break. Um oh, we've got a request from a from a listener about D Cell and it it may or may not have a pointed barb in his direction. We will uh we'll get into that after we get a CBS sports radio update.
0: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: You're listening
2: to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. It is Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio, where we're debating the 1941 MVP voting in baseball. Very current here on Writer Than You Fifty years behind. Oh no, sorry, sixty years behind. Um, we got a tweet from somebody. D. Cell was gone for three days of well-earned vacation, and we missed him. And upon his return, uh, Cody Peach tweeted at D. Cell CBS and at me, sports writer. Uh, sports writer asked D. Cell CBS his take of Jimmy G remaining with the Niners and how it will impact Trey Lance's upcoming MVP season. Cody, clearly a a, a, a um, faithful listener. Thank you, Cody. Those who don't know what that means, we had a big debate a while back where Cell thought that if given the chance, the Niners should pass on Tom Brady because Trey Lance is better at the quarterback position. So, DeSell, how, how are you feeling about Jimmy G remaining... With the Niners and and how you think it will impact Trey Lance's upcoming MVP season.
3: (laughs) I love that he threw an MVP season. Uh, Shame on John Lynch. Shame on Kyle Shanahan. You can't do this. He's going to get second-guessed. Every time Trey Lance has a poor drive, a poor quarter, a poor game, he's going to get questioned. This is exactly how the press conference is going to go post-game after a brutal 49ers loss. Or a game where they barely squeaked by after they had a big lead? Kyle, any any thoughts you had there in the fourth quarter about going back to Jimmy G as the, as the starter? Who's going to get the number one reps in practice this week after Trey Lance really struggled down the stretch throwing that bad interception there?
2: I'm confused. I thought Trey Lance was better than Tom Brady. Why would these scenarios ever play out?
3: He's better for Tom Brady... Better than Tom Brady because you're building for the future here. The 49ers are an interesting spot where they can win right now if Trey Lance can be that guy right here, right now, and building towards the future. You want to bring back Jimmy G, which they are, are all ready to tell us we're so surprised Jimmy G is back. We can't believe we didn't trade him. No way did we think he was still going to be on our roster. Like, guys, you don't need to admit that. Shame on all of them. Shame on the 49ers. This is definitely going to stunt Trey Lance's growth.
2: But Trey Lance is unstuntable. He's better than Tom Brady. This is the take you gave us. This is the, yes, the heartfelt. Yes, everybody has ups and downs their rookie season. Everybody. He's, n- he's not a rookie.
3: I mean, he's going to be the starter for the first time.
2: You would have passed on Tom Brady yes, for Trey Lance because you I'm don't also, think I'm also looking at the future. But you don't think he can handle Jimmy G on the bench
3: for this season, being his first one. No, I'd rather have some no namer behind him. All right, I just—I mean,
2: Cody is just asking.
3: Yeah, and I, I'm still fired up about this.
2: So you—you you know, there are words you're able to say, which are some version of. That was a really bad take. I was wrong. I'm just telling you. No, It's no, available to you.
3: I use those words. I'm not going to use them in that order for this take. I'd rather the 49ers do what the Cowboys did and just cut all their backup quarterbacks and say Trey Lance is our guy.
2: I was going to get to Justin and Buffalo, but then we went off on a tangent. Justin, call back tomorrow. I'm sorry, buddy, because I love taking these calls at eight five five two one two four 2124 cbs And Justin is a Buffalo Bills fan and it should be a pretty good year to be a Buffalo Bills fan. They are, they're the betting favorite right now, I believe. Betting favorite in Vegas to win it all. I still think the Chiefs should be. The, I still think the Chiefs should be the betting favorite. I just, I, I feel like we're sleeping on that level of greatness. The same way, according to you, Tom, we're all sleeping on Trey Lance's greatness. He is the new Tom Brady, but he can't handle Jimmy G. The future and the and, and the present. are I don't understand what you're saying. That's but not I'm, what but I, I said. But I dig it. What did you say?
3: It's no listen. It's not going to be a model of consistency this year. He's mm. going to have a great season. There's gonna be peaks and valleys, though. Got and it. In those valleys, everyone's gonna be clamoring for Jimmy G.
2: Though I walked the valley of the shadow of struggles, Jimmy G should not be with me.
3: I knew you were gonna focus on that line. I knew. <laughs> I'm
2: just, I'm just trying to understand because it's good to have you back, but I'm not used to the decelisms. Well, it was a few days. I got RB Leipzig players thrown at me. I don't know what's going on. All right. Thank you to Brian McFadden. Thank you to DeSell. Good to have him back. Thank you to Bogush. I'm Bill Ryder. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours